0: He's not even speaker of his own house, but he does okay for us. The shootout in the in the Belmont Corral. Joe as I Thomas, weekday mornings on the free Seaville 107.5 smartphone app. Fight the good fight every Joe Thomas in the morning, uh, and it can be daunting. I mean, you see, you see it in in those who you know get. And I, I'm, I have to confess. I get up on in those mornings saying, "Haven't we talked about this already?" Uh, and then you get moments that reinvigorate you, like when uh, we finally find out that, and and now we have a course of action. We find out that six foot social distancing was just something somebody made up, probably over cheese fries at a Denny's, and and it became the the very fulcrum by which all the authoritarianism crippled our economy put hundreds of millions of people out of work and 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 shut their businesses down many of which were never heard from again and it's you you go forward from it and you say all right well the the battle is anew and uh, a man who's been fighting the battles uh, you know in Washington uh, for us uh, for now uh, coming on 3 years he is Virginia congressman Bob Good Bob good morning sir how are you doing
1: Good morning Joe uh, doing very well hope you are great to be with you again
0: well, I appreciate uh, everything you've been doing to try to uh, fight this battle. I know now they they say, "Oh, well, you see, he voted with the Democrats to uh, suspend this, and and the parliamentary procedural stuff that goes on with the government shutdown, and and the you know trying to force people to actually have a a debate about issues uh, is is I think it's intentionally set up so that somebody who votes to force a debate on on government funding is, is is made to look bad or can be made to look bad easily if the press isn't doing their job. Take us into this whole battle over, uh, you know, getting the discussion onto the floor and forcing the debate on on the, the continuing spending in Washington.
1: Well, I want to start, Joe, if I may, with, you know, you hear often, this Congress isn't doing as much as previous Congresses. This Congress has been... You know, one of the least productive Congress and now as we enter our second year of this term, and it's passed the, some of the least amount of legislation. And that false narrative, that flawed mindset of Congress needs to do more, we need to do more of what? What is it that we have been doing for the American people that we should be in such a hurry or determined just to do more of it, no matter what it is? And what you hear, well, you just have to get things done no matter how bad they are, no matter mm-hmm. how harmful they are, or no matter who you have to compromise to do what they want in order to so-called get things. Could you imagine if you hired an employee to do a job and you said – you hire a mechanic. Hey, just get something done with that car. doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. Just get something done because we need to say we got something done. And it doesn't matter if the, the person doing it's qualified. Or are they doing harm? Or are they doing good? Is the, is the driver going to be safer as a result of the so-called work mm-hmm. that's been done? And when it comes to Congress, you know, why do we in such a hurry to have Congress do more? The Congress that's given us unprecedented $34 trillion in national debt on track to hit $35 trillion within four or five months, $36 trillion by the way. Let's just do more of that. It doesn't matter what you do. Just look busy. Look like you're doing things that, frankly, if they hurt the American people, which most of it does, apparently, according to the what the approval ratings were in the teens, aren't we? Yeah. In the less than 20% they come. So let's just do more. And so in order for us to do more in the Republican house would be okay. Agree with Schumer and Biden and Pelosi before, and just do what they want to do. So you can say you got things done. Now, the primary thing, Joe, that we have the responsibility to do, as you know, is to fund the government. Mm-hmm. We've been doing a pretty lousy job of that. Obviously. Uh, we, we, uh, the American people are suffering under the harm that we've done. Uh, not just the spending levels, but the policies. But let's just take the spending levels. Every dollar we vote on is borrowed. Well, you know, don't hold up the government. Let's, you know, uh, we're so afraid of allowing the Pelosi, Biden, Schumer policies that are destroying the countries that are in effect right now. We're so afraid of letting them expire and letting them have a pause that we just need to go ahead and extend those and keep those going because, you know, they're doing such a great job for the mm-hmm. country. A little bit like, you know, with the FISA extension that happened last month. You know, yep. we the, at least the Republicans, om, almost all of them will agree that, you know, un, and even some Democrats, as you know, as a matter of fact, we've got bipartisan support to reform FISA. So many members of Congress will say, you know, the, the unconstitutional surveillance of U.S. citizens is a bad thing. But gosh, we can't let it expire. We can't let it stop. Uh, so we gotta just extend it even <laughs> though we haven't appropriately reformed it. And so, gosh, why don't we have Congress just do more? It doesn't matter what they do, just do more so, uh, we can say we're getting things done. And then those who, to your point, want to stop, change, disrupt. Now, I, I, no, I, I was talking to a, uh, just did an interview earlier this morning with a, with a national TV network, and they're like, you know, you've called a disruptor there in Congress. Congress needs a disruptor. We need a disruptor (laughs) in the White House. We had one, you know, seven years ago, three years ago, we had a disruptor in the White House, elected seven years ago. We need a Congress that's a disruptor as well, because what we're doing, Joe, is not working for the American Mm -hmm. people.
0: Well, and and I bring back up you know, the story that's dominated our headlines this morning. This admission by Doctor Fauci that the whole the whole premise, the cornerstone of everything that happened in our country during SARS CoV two the the closure of all the American businesses, the closure of our churches, the closure of our schools, uh, the the closure of our polling places, uh, the extension of our voting. You know, we're going to we're going to start voting in the presidential primary here in virginia next week bob um you know the 45-day electoral cycle now where people can go out and drag people in to register them to vote you know from anywhere and anywhere for 45 unfettered days all of that was based on something that somebody just made up somewhere hey uh, maybe we should all stand six feet apart from each other what do you think and and because dr fauci said it in the rose garden And the echo chamber went out with it. Uh, it became policy, but now we've discovered that it's, that it's not. And you're talking about these, these trillions of dollars were in debt. How much of that has been sent out? How much of it hasn't even been truly allocated yet? The city of Charlottesville was just talking about what to do with the still unspent COVID funds that they've received. Albemarle County has them as well. Claw some of that back first, because we've just realized that all of that was a lie. And and you know, I'm sorry. I, the more people hear this, the more they're going to start being dubious about what you guys say. You have to spend money on, uh, because uh, because we've caught again, thanks to Tony Fauci. Um, you know, the big lie.
1: Well, I hope what you said is true where people become more dubious about what Congress is spending their money on and frankly confiscating their money, taking it because we know best and, and spending it how we choose, borrowing it from your kids and your grandkids, taking it. Uh, every dollar, again, that we vote on is borrowed because the deficit is $2.5 trillion, and the total discretionary spending is only about $1.6 trillion, discretionary being the part that we b- vote on every year. But to your, circling back to your point from three and uh, now almost four, well, four years ago, really, when the COVID virus hit our shores and we began to have the government respond to it. And the government did far more harm, I would submit, in many ways to the country than, than, the, than the, the virus itself did. And there was little we could do about the virus. The virus was going to virus. We were all... Essentially guaranteed to catch it. Some were going to suffer greater consequence. Obviously, we all have folks close to us who suffered some the ultimate consequence to it. Mm-hmm. But it never made sense to you and I, and to many like us. And we challenged and questioned. We took the risks and the errors to do so. It never made sense to us the so-called science of it. Why were we treating everybody the same? Why were we treating children and 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 harming them? You know, the history is judging and will judge us harshly as a country how we sacrifice children for political reasons and, and took them they essentially lost 2 years of learning with no plan to make that up and how would they ever recover not to mention the the emotional psychological impact upon them with wear, you know having to wear a mask for mm-hmm. 2 years and some children today still even wanting to wear a mask because of that. And, and you know, the we were fear. already behind as an education system nationally. But treating everyone the same, college students like senior citizens and healthy young, relatively young people like you know, senior citizens with multiple comorbidity factors, it never made sense. Oh, well, why was it six feet, Joe? Well, we, we we suspected and now confirmed, Like, right? Well, because nine feet was too much and three feet wasn't enough. They decided, what the heck, right? just what difference is it go with six feet? And it was religious in the way that it was. You know put out that you know you that uh you almost you know they're a cult like you mm-hmm. have to just accept this narrative this one so-called version of science that couldn't be challenged that couldn't be tested that couldn't be held up for scrutiny that couldn't be debated and doctors were threatened uh with consequence if they if they didn't adhere to the the approved narrative uh and or, or the approved practice, or what they could prescribe, and those sorts of things. But it never made sense uh, to many of us to shut things down, to sh- selectively choose okay, big corporations over small businesses, or mm-hmm. to choose you know a, 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 a bars you know over churches or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And to close colleges and to close schools and to and to force people inside and to you know not allow people to visit their their, their parents and their grandparents and, and nursing homes and assisted living facilities all those kind of things that the government did and we talked much you and I talked separately and, and together on the air but about freedom surrendered is difficult to ever be recovered and uh, this the left and those who perpetrated this uh, it was a test run for them. They, they want to utilize, it, it was a way to relax our voting procedures, as you know, in the name of COVID, to go to unsolicited mass mail balloting and, and practices like that, that are fraught with the opportunity for fraud. So many harmful negative consequences. Mm-hmm. And, and, and time is a friend of truth, and truth is coming out. And, uh, the, the folks who perpetrated this should be held accountable, and hopefully we'll have a new administration and a new department of justice actual justice that will hold accountable some of the folks who are who are guilty for what they did and the lies and the deceit that they practiced Uh, during this time of
0: the pandemic. Uh, Congressman Bob Good is uh, on with us this morning. And Congressman, I wanted to ask you a question, actually, uh, as one of our loyal listeners. um, You know, he used to live in the 5th Congressional District, but now he lives in Byron Donald's District down in Florida, but still listens. Uh, And he asked, you know, why does it seem that there are so few Republicans that will fight in the same way Democrats will? For example, I'll bring in something that doesn't impact you directly, aside from the fact that you're a resident of Virginia. But the uh, new General Assembly just went into session and the Senate leadership Decided yet again, though their house is only 21 Democrats to 19 Republicans. Uh, all the key committees are going to be nine to three Democrat votes over Republican votes, so that nothing a conservative could ev- even make as a debate is ever going to get past that kind of firewall. Um, you know, it, but Republicans sort of shrug. I, you know, I I use Barack Obama's line: when they go low, we go to lunch. It seems um, you know too many of us. Um, are there more of you that are starting to see? That, you know, though, though it's uncomfortable, you know, to, to go out there and push back, you know, a, a motion to vacate or those kind of things, um, that it needs to be done?
1: The Republican Party needs to take the kick me sign off of our back, right? And we need to stop. We need to realize that we are in a war uh, for what kind of a country we're going to be, what the future of our country is, and that the other side is playing for keeps. And they are trying to. They would say transform. They will say that they want to transform the country. They're literally trying to destroy the country. Uh, as we said before, if you were if you're intentionally trying to destroy the country, what would you do differently than what uh, the the Northam administration did here in Virginia with unchecked control you know, two two years ago, mm-hmm. and what the Biden administration has done over the last three years, the first two years having unchecked control with the Democrat House. Uh, what we need to recognize that the, there is not compromise. There is not appeasement. There is only victory as it applies, uh, to this war where we, we win elections and we defeat the, the, the left and the, uh, the ballot box and then we defeat them in the political arena, uh, with policy and legislation and we make no apology for it because the country is literally at stake.
0: Well, I appreciate it, and and you need to be out there growing the the, the fighter. <laughs> I don't know if it, if it's congressional fight club or what you want to call it, but um, we we have to battle for these things uh, because um, it, it, the 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 vice of you know faux capitulation appeasement. We've seen what it's done. Uh, we've seen what it's allowed. Uh, you know, we were told you can't debate. Tony Fauci, you can't question it, it's the science, he is the science, uh, I've had social media platform accounts taken down, I've had advertisers attacked for mm. supporting a radio show, and you know, here we are four years, as you said, later, and everything we were saying then turned out to That's be right. true, And and yeah. but how many people haven't been able to battle that battle? We've been lucky here, uh, I feel like we've been blessed, but there are so many of my brothers and sisters who question it that have, have had to come up with extreme warnings, Ways to keep doing it. I think of uh, Dell Big Tree and the High Wire, and and some of those programs. And Dr. Corey, who was fired by Santara Healthcare uh, for trying to. Uh, not dr. Cory Dr. Marrick for trying to treat sick people with readily available medicine um, in the mm-hmm. height of this political politically charged thing and maybe we'll learn from it maybe that's that's the good outcome from it uh, I, although the crickets I hear is the coverage of this story outside of um, this this program and others. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, Bob. What's coming up next week in, in the house? Well we're back in
1: d c next week. I'll continue to debate the spending battle we're trying to persuade the speaker to, for a different path that actually cuts our spending year over year uh, that secures the border you know I, I don't think we ought to fund anything that's not essential part of this government from a safety and security standpoint until we secure the border but we don't have sufficient numbers who want to fight and to want to you know uh, endure the the, the consequence of, of that fight and the challenges there too uh, but we're trying to persuade otherwise so we'll be doing that next week there'll be some more uh, on the Hunter Biden thing, I think, and oh,
0: also uh, the well, some the life searches. Well, going into life for life. You know, Mark Warner said it was stupidity on steroids yesterday. The idea of shutting down, you know, fifteen percent of the government, and his premise was uh, virginia's Virginia gets hurt most by a government shutdown, which just tells me a lot of the people who are going to be furloughed. Uh, virginia's home to a lot of non-essential government workers. Bob,
1: just keep spending money, no matter how much of it has to be borrowed, and no matter. Whether or not the policies are actually helping the American people just keep spending money and just keep government working for the people in D.C., even if it doesn't work for the people across the country. Uh,
0: well That's said. Mentality. Yeah, well said, Bob. Keep it up. Keep up the fight, right, and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Press. Thanks, buddy. Bye. The station that lives by the motto rock or vacate the chair. Mr. Speaker, so to speak. I want to thank. See Bill 1075 and 1260
1: WCHV.